Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. Hope you're doing well. I'm here with Janusz Korwin-Mik. He is a Polish politician and, I guess, until tomorrow, member of the EU Parliament. And you can find him on twitter.com forward slash jkmmikke. That's J-K-M-M-I-K-K-E. And the website is korwinmikke.pl. That's K-O-R-W-I-N slash M-I-K-K-E dot P-L. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. It's my, my pleasure. Now, there's a kind of funny divide. I think it's kind of a generational divide. When I went to college, I had very old school professors, and I was never taught to hate my culture. I was taught to question my culture, and that was one of the great values of my culture. And information was available to me that doesn't seem to be available to the younger generation as well, about uh, culture, about intelligence, about gender, about race, and so on. And it seems like when you talk about these issues, there's a big divide in, as you point out, when you were talk, taught about intelligence differences between men and women, this was what you were taught when you were growing up. And now, of course, it has become uh, verboten, I guess, as our German friends would say. So tell me a little bit about what you think the difference is between the information you got as a child and the information that's coming to the next generation. Well, I am an European, and uh, now the Europe is being ruled by the men who take the anti-European values. In fact, everything which was good in Europe is bad in European Union and, uh, and reverse. Everything is reversed. And uh, all the values are reversed. And, you know, the values of our civilization enabled us to win over the world, we conquered all the world, almost all the world. So it proves it was a very good values. And now they are reversed. And now the Europe is being colonized by, by other nations whose values are perhaps better. Because if our European values were the best, then the European Union would have just reversed. They are the worst, of course. Right. Now, with regards to, I guess, what we could call the unholy trinity of the differences that you pointed out between men and women, um, smaller, of course, I mean, this is uh, without question, a weaker, yeah, 40% less upper body strength on average. But where, of course, people get quite incensed is the question of less intelligent. Now, I wonder if you could help people break down the data, what the studies from the Netherlands showed, uh, and so on, just because people get mad at you when you hand a note given to you by a scientist. Well, I've got uh, a penalty of 9,000 9, euros for, for saying something, which is uh, banal just in every textbook, every manual of psychology uh, in my time when I, was, when I was learning psychology. I was shocked by that. But, but tell me, please, why in every pair almost every pair, the man is stronger, taller, and more intelligent than his, uh, than his, than his girl. Why? Because every, every, every woman wants her man to be stronger, taller, and more intelligent than she is. So it proves that women are very wise, because the, uh, it's quite different being wise and being intelligent. It is something quite different. Uh, how can you tell that women are more wise? Because the women don't follow men because they have beautiful legs. They want them to be stronger, <laughs> stronger, <laughs> taller, uh, more intelligent, but, uh, but they don't uh, look on their legs. Uh, it, it's quite different with men. So they are perhaps more wise. And, but nobody seems offended when I say, it's also true, that women have better memory than men do. 
Why nobody is, is being offended? I, I haven't seen even a single man who, who felt offended by this, but it's also, also true. But of course, it is uh, only uh, about the averages. Uh, the, such a thing as an average woman doesn't exist, of course. So it is, um, why, why, why have I used this, this, uh, this flag? Because the feminists are saying that average woman earns less than the average man. So they are using this phrase, average woman. So I had to re repeat with the same, uh, retort with the same, same argument. But normally, it, it has no sense to speak about averages. The, the average doesn't exist. And I was shocked because um, normally the average in the intelligence uh, between men and women are very small. It is usually two or four points in the scale IQ 100, the average. And uh, well, there was a research after my my uh, my affair with European Parliament. Uh, there was a test in in, in Netherlands, and he was at eight points. Uh, I was shocked because eight points is re really great, great difference. But it's not the most important thing if you talk about gender. The so wait, so the Netherlands they they reproduced uh, gender or a sex difference in IQ study, and the difference was, because as you point out, in general, it's two to four points, not very important, and nothing you would ever judge any individual woman by. And they got an eight-point difference? That seems quite large. Yes, but, but it happens, perhaps. Well, uh, it, uh, but it is something more important than the phenomena, hmm. because the, the men are more off. Uh, I mean that... Uh, there is more saints and more murderers among men, more geniuses and more idiots among men. So the um, yes, the uh, the Gauss the, the Gauss's curve is, is is more 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 flat, and that's why uh, among the hundred best chess players, there is sometimes one woman, sometimes one woman. Now just one woman, a, a Chinese uh, chess chess player, only one. If if, even if women were more intelligent than men, among the hundred best uh, chess players would be four women or five women. Because, because you know, uh, even the women are better cooks, uh, are a few better than men, but among the best, uh, best, uh, no, best cooks, they are men. You know, because, because, because it's most dispersed. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's very true. And I just want people to sort of understand this point. It's very important that among the top levels of intelligence, it's overwhelmingly male. I mean, just yes. statistically. So at the very highest levels of intelligence, there appear to be functionally few to no women at uh, higher levels, but not the very top. It's like 12 to one men to women. Now, IQ, of course, is highly correlated with income and professional success. And that's before you throw in the assertiveness and emotional control that comes with having more testosterone. And this, of course, has nothing to do with human rights. It has nothing to do with equality under the law. It's just if the question comes up, why do men earn more than women? Even before we take into account childbirth and child rearing, there is this issue and people can get mad at the numbers, but that's kind of a crazy thing to do. And the funny thing is, too, as you point out, I've heard my whole life about how superior women are to men in just about everything. Kinder, nicer, more compassionate, you know, better people overall. It's called the women are wonderful effect. But then when you point out something that men are better at, which is at the higher reaches of IQ in particular, 
everybody loses their mind. And that's kind of <laughs> like, we, we're not allowed to be better at anything, really, that's it. Not in Poland, we are not so crazy as you are. <laughs> so what has happened to you as the result of what you said uh, in the parliament and this, uh, and to me at least, silly rejoinder from the woman when you pointed out some scientific facts? And then the woman said, oh, so you don't think I should be here in the, in the parliament, <laughs> which is crazy. not the logical consequence at all. At all. If you say that uh, Chinese people tend to be shorter than Danish people, and someone Chinese said, oh, so you're saying I can never be on a basketball team, even though he's six foot five? You say, well, no, we're talking about averages. So this emotional response to scientific facts does not do much to break the stereotype. Well, she, she just proves that women don't understand anything. They're too emotional to be a rational decision man. Uh, it is it is it is a typical problem 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 with human. There are, uh, you know there is plenty of uh, women who are, can think logically. There are plenty of women who have good fantasy, but it's very difficult to find a woman who has both qualities, and and that's why there is no mathematicians women, almost no. Well, there was a so-called physical Olympiad in Polish schools, and first woman was in the on the place eight eight hundred. <laughs> you know, because theoretical physics is, is very, very, very abstract science. The women are very practical. They are very practical. When the, when the girls have seen a, a boy who was pissing in the forest, he said, oh, very practical. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's a funny thing, too. And I was trying to, I was watching the, the interviews and, and reading what you've written. And there is such a hostility towards the free market that comes out of feminists and comes out of the left. Now, if you want equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity, then I can understand why, as a feminist, you would dislike political and particularly economic freedoms. Because when women are free to choose, they tend to choose lower paying occupations. They tend to choose occupations that put them more in touch with people rather than concepts and things. And so when women have less freedom, they tend to be more equal with regards to income. When they get more freedom, they tend to segregate into lower paying occupations. So I can really understand why they would dislike the free market, if it produces wider outcomes between uh, the sexes? Well, the free market, in the free market, I was uh, looking uh, for the hundred, hundred managers uh, with, with highest earnings in, in Europe, no, not even one woman. Among the, uh, among the politicians, Margaret Thatcher, she's the only exception, one in hundred, two in hundred, as, as in chess, exactly the same. So, so when you make some artificial, uh, artificial repairing the, <laughs> the, the quotient of the number of women in, in, uh, in, in the life, the results are terrible. But we had this in, in, in communist times in Poland, when there was an artificial points added, added for the uh, boys from, and girls from the working class and peasants. When making exams in, on the university, they are getting additional points. And do, do you believe uh, two weeks ago, the Oxford University decided to give to the women 15 min minutes plus on the, on, the, on, the, on the exams? Yes. Really? In the Oxford, women get, because they are less, uh, less intelligent, so they must get, get something to, to, to equalize, <laughs> equalize the chances. 
I'm sure that the <laughs> feminists got very upset about that because that no, was no, treating no, women yeah. unequally and <laughs> treating them as children. And wow, that's wild. So tell me what happened because, of course, a complaint for hate speech was launched uh, against you. Uh, and tell me what uh, has happened uh, as a result of that. The lesson was that, that I was penalized with 9,000 9, euros and so revoked to the European Parliament of Justice. But I don't believe in the results because, because the ideology, ideology here is, is very, very, very strong. And I was being accused by the president of the parliament that I'm undermining the fundamental, uh, fundamental values of European Union. Fundamental values I'm undermining. And I tell you something. There is such a thing like... Um, how is it called? Uh, the Convention of uh, of of, uh, of Rights in of European Union. It was signed by all the all the uh, all the states of U European Union. And you, of course, you remember always Animal Farm, yeah. Of course. And there is in in, in this in this convention that being signed, but but all the all the countries there is a sentence. Both sexes have the equal rights which doesn't exclude a special rights for one of them. It's exactly like in honor, exactly. Wow. Now, I think what, of course, got you onto Pierre's Morgan's show and others, and I don't know if it was the way that it would be phrased in English would probably be like, in a free market, it's likely that women will get paid less on average because of this, that, and the other. Now, the way that you phrased it, of course, was women should get paid less no, than men. men. And now that is something which, for a lot of no, English no, no, speakers, no. sounds I like... I can say should, I said must. Uh, women must. So must, must sounds like you want a rule, and of course it's not the case, you want free markets, but it sounds like you want a rule that... Women must no. get paid less. And of course, no. nothing could be further from the no. truth. No. But it sounds it, it, like a compulsion rather than a tendency. The, the taller, taller basketball players must earn more than the, than the, on, on the average than the shorter ones. Right, of right. Of course, it, it was an, an misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think one of the things I find very fascinating about but, Poland... But, but, but we're talking about sports. Right, I can, right. I can, I, I, I can show you something. It is a, it is a Polish Polish uh, basketball players uh, and football players, soccer players, and volleyball players, and bridge players, players and uh, chess players. I can show you in all those teams, all those teams, the coach, the captain, the the trainer, they are all men, because women, if they want to win. They know that they must lead by the men because the army of uh, of lions uh, led by the sheep mm. is, is uh, weaker than army of sheep uh, led by the by the by, by a lion. Right. The women choose always men. You know the the majority of women prefer men, and I know only one woman who told me that she wants a boss, her boss, to be a, to be a woman. Mm. All women want her boss to be a man. Right. So how much do you think the influence of collectivism, of communism, of this tyranny of equality of results has characterized a lot of uh, Poland and its response to the migrant crisis and its response to these quota systems? Does it not seem to remind a lot of Polish people of life under communist dictatorship? 
well, uh, in, during the communist times, the communist values had been repulsed by the, by the society as, a, as something, something uh, strange and, and absurd. But now, if it comes to the European Union from the West, from the West world, it is expect, uh, accepted. So European Union is much more dangerous than the Soviet Union. You know, uh, Olaf Palme, such a president, uh, socialist of uh, Sweden, Olaf Palme or Kennedy or something, are much more different, dangerous than, say, Pol Pot or Mao Zedong, because everybody knows that Pol Pot is a murderer, the Hitler was a murderer, yes? But uh, everybody thinks that Olaf Palme is a very good socialist. But what was the program of Mr. Olaf Palme? Every year, take 1% of the, of the ownership, and after 100 years, all the, <laughs> all the, all the will, be, will be public. It's much more dangerous. Much more dangerous. Right. So what are the main issues that you have regarding the EU and its relationship to the member countries? Well, uh, when the uh, Berlin Wall has been destroyed... It is like the Eastern values has flooded over, over the Western Europe. It is not the, the other way. It is, it is the, the, it is the East of Europe, uh, began to influence the, the, the West. It is not, um, Eastern Germany policemen stopped to accept bribes. It is the Western point <laughs> began to, to accept bribes. Right. And so this transfer of socialist thinking from Eastern Europe, uh, which was subjugated, of course, and, and from Soviet Russia, it's always struck me as strange because I know that a lot of these propaganda programs were put in place in the West by the Soviet Union, and then the Soviet Union falls, but these propaganda programs, this collectivism, this political correctness, these identity politics continue, even though the source of them no longer exists uh, from a... But there, is, but there is great difference. Uh, for the communists, it was the working class, which is the oppressive class, which now it is women, uh, homosexuals, and so on and so on, as the oppressed class. It is now Marxism, which is based on the, on the different class, uh, class, of, uh, class of, uh, of, of people. So they, they, if, if, in, if the Soviet Union, uh, in Poland, I would say that the average worker is less intelligent than an average uh, engineer, I would be punished. Exactly like here when I am when I am saying the same about the new aristocracy, it is women. Hmm. Right, and of course the new bourgeoisie to be hated tends to be the white male. Yes, 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 of course. Growth, you, 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 something you said really struck me, Janusz, which was growth in Poland was one percent under communism, was eight percent under a more free market. Environment and, and now, now under the EU is back down to one percent because European Union is socialist, so so it, so it fall down. You you could observe it every year. We're accepting more and more and more uh, unionist laws, and the the growth was falling down. Right, and now that kind of growth is, I mean, the difference between one percent and eight percent, particularly over say a decade, is the difference between wealth and poverty relatively. And uh, that kind of growth, when people remember under free freedom, when they got 8% growth, I mean, that's an astonishing amount of wealth accumulation. And then when the EU comes in and grinds that back down to 1%, uh, do people still remember that? Do they, are they frustrated by it? Uh, what's the general sentiment in Poland regarding the EU these days? Of course, uh, 40 years ago, we were 40 years younger. So we are looking at the times with the sentiment. 
Right. Now, let's talk a little bit about your criticism of, uh, you, you refer to it as social benefits in other places. It's called the welfare state. So um, I assume, of course, under communism, it's funny because under communism, there's the phrase which says, he who does not toil shall not eat. And uh, yet, uh, under this supposedly but, but capitalist but system, I'm sorry? It is St. Peter. Ah, yes. But it was, I think it was adopted by some of the communists and, as well. And, and, and I can, by the way, plus his phrase from the letter to Ephesians, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, as the child submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Hmm. It's also St. Peter. So in the, in the Christians', Christians uh, counties, there is absolutely no uh, hesitation that, that the coach of the, of the team must be men. <laughs> and, so, and we know. So, but there is a, one difference between socialist thing that women should obey the state hmm. government. But, but uh, the, the, the husband is somebody who the woman chosen herself. And they, they, she didn't choose the state. Well, and of course, the husband is a voluntary relationship, uh, and you can yeah, leave it if you don't like it, whereas the state is an involuntary relationship, which you can't really of course, escape. Of course. of course. So the relationship between immigration and social benefits, I think, because everyone says, well, America was a nation of immigrants. And it's like, yes, but there was no welfare state. So people came to work. Yes. And so exactly. help me help people understand how immigration has changed now that there are refugee, refugee benefits and language programs and welfare states and free iPads and so on. I have told you, in Europe, is in European Union, is everything uh, opposite than it was in the normal, normal times. Because if somebody immigrates to Poland, to, to, to Europe, and wants to work, he's being sent back. He's taken the workplace from somebody. And, and if he doesn't want to work, oh, he is accepted, we shall give you some sort of benefits and, and everything you want. It is exactly opposite that was in America. So the effects are, of course, opposite. Because the men who emigrated in 18th, 19th century to the United States, they wanted to work. They don't want any privilege because there are no privileges. And the, the, the only solution of the problem of immigrants is to liquidate socialism. The, the, the problem is always socialism. Uh, the founder of our party, Stephen Kicheleski, also your name, Stephen, <laughs> he, he said that the socialism is a system which is uh, dramatically solving the problems that are unknown to any other system. And, and we are solving those problems, solving them, solving them, uh, building and rebuilding, rebuilding social systems, and, <laughs> and so on. Yeah, and it would take a sacrifice. And sort of the one thing I've thought about, I'm curious what you think, one, one thing I've thought about is that in the past, the sacrifices that were needed to save the West were primarily borne by men, at least up until the Second World War, when, of course, uh, women were bombed as well. So men had to make sacrifices of life and limb and, and family to be drafted and go and fight in wars. Now, women tend to use the welfare state a lot more than men. And if there is a sacrifice that is needed to save the West, and if that sacrifice is the end of the welfare state, then what we're doing is we're saying to women for the first time in Western history, in human history, you must take the sacrifice this time. And I'm pretty sure I know no. whether they will or won't. No, it is quite natural. Because uh, we men uh, want risk. We, uh, we, uh, we men are building society. And... Uh, uh, well, well, uh, the, the women want safety. 
It is natural. Uh, when in the prehistoric times, the woman should be kept uh, safe, and men had to risk with uh, taking some some some, uh, some spear or, or something and kill the mammoths uh, <laughs> and so on. So so it is typical. So who, that's why the socialists want women to have to, to have a great role in politics because they know that women will vote for the for the welfare state. That's explains why they want want women to to vote, what they want them to, 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 to be. Of, of course, it, it, it's absurd, because because uh, there are plenty of women who are good politicians, but women on average, they are, uh, that you go to the, every political meeting, there is 90% of, of men on them. Women are not interested in politics as such. So in Poland, we, we have an obligation to have on the list, voting list, 40% uh, of women, and there is a hunt for women. We cannot find women ready to ready to be a candidate in the elections. We are letting our 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 wives, uh, lovers, uh, daughters, wives, everybody <laughs> to candidate because we cannot find them. Right. Let's help people understand a key difference that I've seen you debate with people uh, on, on television, so on. The difference between freedom from and freedom to. Uh, two very important syllables that kind of reverse the entire point of political freedom. Help people understand what you mean by that. Well, but it is grammatically impossible to say freedom to. I am I am free from something. I am free of something. I cannot be free to something. It is it is just an impossible phrase. It, it is breaking the, the semantic rules of the English language in Polish too. Right. You cannot say there's no freedom to. You can say uh, my for my strength to my possibility to my, uh, but but I cannot say my freedom to. It's not freedom, of course. Right, right. Now you struck me as somebody who is disliked by a lot of the elites, by some of the top people in media, but very. Uh, you have a lot of affection from what we could call the common people. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Joseph McCarthy, who was hated by a lot of the elites, but was very popular among the common people, also similar to Donald Trump, hated by the elites, but very popular with the average person. So we, of course, see you through the filter of the media who dislike uh, freedom, uh, through the politicians uh, who dislike freedom. But what's your relationship like with the average person in Poland based on what you say? You can you can go with me, especially in these smaller villages, and you will see how the how the people talk to me, and they expect me to to, to do something because they don't they don't believe it it can be done. It is it is very strange thing. They 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 are afraid of it because it is very radical. What you want to say? To introduce a free market in in medicine or in uh, or in education? They are shocked, and the argument. Uh, which is uh, Thomas Sowell is saying that it is absurd to to believe that uh, we can pay for for the hospitals, medicine, and all the bureaucratic machine, and we cannot sustain the, only the doctors and and, and hospitals. Uh, so so it is crazy, but the people are afraid. Yes, are afraid, and uh, here is the problem. Here is the problem. People don't think in abstract. They they see the con the, the concrete. 
they see, for example, the Polish government is paying uh, $200,000 to every family with, with, with two children. But it is concrete. They, they don't understand. They must have pay $300 to, 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 to allow the government to give them $200 and, and to pay for the, for the officials and clerics to, to divide this money. For the, of course, but it's too, too, too abstract for them. But majority of people is, is stupid. 70% uh, of the people cannot understand the timetable of, of the buses on the street. It's too mm. difficult for 70% of the people. It reminds me of the old joke about the Soviet Union, where they are lining up for five hours to get bread. And one of the women turns to the other woman in the lineup and says, yes, but in the capitalist countries, the government doesn't hand out any bread at all. <laughs> and it's, yeah, yeah, you, you catch three fish, the bureaucrats take all three fish, give you two fish, and then you say, well, without the bureaucrat, I couldn't eat. I mean, it's a very odd <laughs> phenomenon that we used to understand very well. And I guess, I don't know if it's government schooling or, or just propaganda as a whole, but we've really lost that sense of independence, of self-reliance, of community. Because when you stand on your own without the support of the state, you must gain um, support within your community for the na natural risks of life. And we've all staring at the government uh, as, as our parent, as our lover, as our husband, and we have forgot how to rely on each other and build a community. And then we think, well, without the government, we'd have no security. You'd have more security, far more security without the government. But uh, the, the ancient Greeks were saying that the democracy is the rule of, rule of donkeys led by hyenas. But uh, the hyenas don't have TV. Now, now the, in Poland, it is the hyenas who have TV and they rule over the donkeys very easily. Mm. You know, now when I am attacking, now in Poland, we have two, two fractions of socialists, European socialists and national socialists, uh, national states, uh, national states. And, and I am against both of them. So both greatest uh, TV stations. And they absolutely don't allow me to, to, to be, to be on, on the screen. Absolutely. For the last two years, I, I, I haven't been even once on the, on the, on the greatest TV, TV stations. The papers is very difficult to write something. You know, now it's a very, very strong fight, but it's a fight against socialists. Again, among socialists, sorry. Among socialists. And uh, they they are fighting for money for for the power, but but not the values. Values are, are the same. Uh, the the present party is called rightist because it's Christian, but it's more leftist than the ex-communists. I prefer ex-communists who are, who became rational because they were ruling and they know that socialism is, <laughs> is unviable, but but they don't, don't know it yet. <laughs> so they are trying to build a new better socialism. Well, this combat between national socialists and international socialists is exactly what happened in the 1930s in Germany. And we all know how that turned out. And I really dislike this political spectrum, Janusz, where they say, on the extreme left, you have international socialism. On the extreme right, you have national socialism. It's like, ah, I think I can see what these two things have in common. How about we have a continuum where you have compulsion and you have freedom? Because that's a little bit easier to choose. But he, you should listen to the old Charles Marx. Marx has said that the socialism will be built first in the best developed countries of the West. It, it, it was what Charles Marx said. And it is true, because you, you must have plenty of money to build a socialism. <laughs> it is a luxury. I think a lot of these equality of outcome luxuries come about because the free market produces so much wealth 
that we can uh, afford to fritter away our capital in ridiculous social experiments. Yeah. Now, when the capital yeah. runs out, reality reasserts itself. But uh, we have this luxury in the West because of the hard-won freedoms exactly. our ancestors bought. Exactly. We have the luxury to fritter it away in these various social government experiments and number jigging and, and massive bureaucracies and HR departments and so on. And yeah. it's like, but when we run out, um, and I wish we didn't have to do this, I wish we could just be sensible and rational all the way through, but these experiments will fail. We burn through our capital and then we kind of have to start from scratch. But, but Charles Marx says also, that the, it is enough, enough to introduce democracy and the, and the majority will be the socialism. Mm. And it is true, we must destroy democracy. If you have democracy, you, you, you will have socialism. More and more and more. Uh, Maurice Rothbard was saying uh, 50 years ago that in the United States we are very, very well off, but in, in Poland you are, very, you are very, very poorly developed. But you are, we are moving upwards and America is going and and we shall one day uh, we shall change change the position and this is true it is true I was told that thirty percent of Americans is living on the food stamps so it is so it is almost almost communism almost it, half even, the Americans even, rely even, either largely or exclusively on the state for their uh, source of income. I mean, it is, and and it's funny because we used to. And people say, "Oh, I'm I'm a skeptical of democracy," and suddenly everyone thinks you want to be a totalitarian. But it is the skepticism of democracy that's designed to stave off dictatorships and totalitarian. This used to be from the ancient Greeks through the founding fathers of America. They they founded a republic, not a democracy, because there was this great yeah. fear of democracy. Yeah. That fundamentally, what happens is the poor outnumber the rich. And therefore, the poor use the state and their vote to take away the property from the rich. And then and everybody ends up poor and you get a collapse. And this very simple idea was hard won for thousands of years and has been discarded over the course of two or three generations. Well, I can tell you something. Because why people want to, to have democracy? Just imagine you are on the plane and you want to introduce democracy. When, when majority raises one hand, right hand, the, the plane will turn right, if the left hand goes right, if you, if you strike the, the, the legs, the plane must go down. Nobody would believe for democracy. Why? Because the catastrophe will come in 15 minutes. And uh, Nicolas Davila, the greatest philosopher of the 20th century, said that people would more frequently strike their fingers with hammers if the pain eventuated after a year. <laughs> so, catastrophe of the society will be in 200 years after introducing democracy, and not in 15 minutes. So, people agree for democracy. It is absolute system, absolutely absolute system. Two morons, two morons have more more power in democracy than one professor of university. <clears throat> well, I don't think about the present present university. <laughs> not now, but in the past. Yes. And uh, the I think that moron is perhaps better. And I tell you more. It is better, just remember, it is better that Mankey rules the state than the socialist. Because Mankey has a, a choice, he makes a choice in, in random. He goes once, once to left and once to, to right. And socialist turns all, always left. Hmm. So Mankey is twice, twice better, better, better in, in ruling the country than a socialist. Well, and because there's an interesting argument that I can think it comes out of Hoppe, who says that if you have a hereditary monarchy, you will end up with a better management of state finances because the king has to hand the kingdom to his son. 
and does not exactly. whereas with democracy uh, it is very much the public ownership of uh, the wealth of the country which is you know everyone says oh we need a government to solve the problem of the commons right which is everybody wants to graze their sheep or their cows on the common land but the government is the problem of the commons and when you get people bungeeing in or rotating through and can pillage the public purse as much as they want and they they then can hand the private profits to their children but if you have a monarchy he doesn't want too much debt because that's a problem his own son will inherit. So in a sense, private ownership of the state is even better than democracy, which is an unusual argument, but I could really see the because, merit of it. Because the, the king wants his son, grandson, and so on to inherit uh, a rich country, while the president wants to steal uh, as much money he, he, he can, his son, grandson, and so on, <laughs> enough money. So it is a different approach to the, <laughs> to, to the Now, I'm just curious, though, for your intellectual development, Janusz, did you grow up more on the left, uh, as so many people do because of you know, you're a child and, and uh, propaganda and so on. Uh, did you have a change of heart or were you always this way uh, in terms of how you think now? Well, uh, Bismarck uh, had said that uh, if somebody is uh, being young, he's not a socialist, and uh, being old, he becomes a great swine. Uh, well, when I was young, I was a socialist. I believe in socialism, but being nine, I uh, I, I grown up, and uh, I, I can tell you how it was. I have read in the paper, the communist paper, that the Tito, the president of Yugoslavia, uh, has uh, introduced uh, the, that the dinner was interchanged with dollar. And uh, I, it was told that that in this way, the capitalists will, will uh, buy something from Yugoslavia 10 times cheaper, and Yugoslavia should pay 10 times more for everything bought in the, in, in the West. So I thought in being nine, it is impossible. <laughs> no one can do it. I go to, to my grand, uh, grandmother, who was a reactionary. She explained to me what she thinks about Tito Stalin and, and, and all the others. And, and, but I didn't believe them. But it was a compulsory, a compulsory uh, flat. Uh, you must give the flats to the to the workers. And in the villa of, of my uh, friend of my of my granny, uh, there was living a workers on the attics. Nobody was talking with them. The communists. And I tiptoed to the to the attics uh, to, to talk to talk to them. And what I heard before they were they are listening to, to Radio Free Europe and <laughs> they are cursing the communists. And they were saying, Lost all the faith in, in, in governments at all. And, and I tell you much more. I, I then was told that the communists is very strong, uh, progressive, and so on. But I was looking at the skyscrapers. Where are the skyscrapers? In the United States. So I knew that the economy of the United States is better. But tell me now, what is in the Europe? Where are the skyscrapers? skyscrapers? Where the, the, in, in Morocco? They are the skyscrapers for 400 meters, meters high. In uh, the highest are in Arab countries, Taiwan, China, uh, South, uh, South Africa, uh, United States, of course, but in Europe, Europe is not even one skyscraper higher, higher than 400 meters. <laughs> And there are only nine, nine uh, higher than 300 meters. Mm. And when they are five in Moscow, Two in Istanbul, one in Frankfurt, and one in London. We are Skansen. Under occupation of European Union, Europe is being turned into Skansen. Mm. And I hate European Union. As good Russian hated, hated uh, Soviet Union. As good German hated Third Reich, I hate the European Union is occupying, uh, occupying the Europe and destroying the Europe. I hate this occupation force. 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't know the idea. Well, the European Union in some ways was sold as a reduction of state power, you know, as an opening of the borders <laughs> and so on. And uh, the idea that this giant super state, you know, it's so weird. It's almost like all the bureaucrats who left the Soviet Union, uh, which was a coercive aggregation of subjugated states, then fled to the EU and said, oh, well, we must recreate the Soviet Union in the EU, but this time it's going to work out beautifully. Exactly so. Yeah, exactly so. Crazy, crazy. Well, I go ahead. The the slogan of communists was uh, proletaries of all countries unite. And slogan of European Union is bureaucrats of of all countries unite. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, Janusz, that there is a chance for reason and evidence to turn the tide? Or do you think we're kind of detailing the decline so that people know how better to rebuild? No, 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 no. The systems uh, don't fall out because they are cruel and uh, idiotic and so on. They, they fall down because uh, they go bankrupt. And uh, all the systems in the United States and all the European, uh, European countries, all are bankrupt. You must just wait uh, until we go bankrupt. We are waiting for first bank who demands his money back. And then the domino, dominoes will, will, will go. Hmm. So we can't prevent it with words. But hopefully no. we can rebuild in a better way no. if we understand because what caused have, the decline. Because they have TV, they have money, they have everything. If they don't have money, they can print money <laughs> every day. So we cannot do anything. It's tough to compete if you, uh, like you run a convenience store and you have a help wanted sign and somebody should come and work in your convenience store. But when they walk in with a winning lottery ticket, it's tough to hire them for the job. And I think with the fiat currency, it's like free free money, free lottery money. And it's really tough yeah. to convince people the value of the free market if they think that money can be made up uh, like stories. Yes. The money goes from the wall, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. It and you got money. And what are your plans uh, from here? You were just telling me before we started uh, your resignation from uh, the EU. What prompted that and uh, what are your plans uh, next? No, I'm planning that as a local elections in Poland, I try to, to be a president of Warsaw. Uh, I, I don't think I can win, but but I was winning, playing bridge. I was winning the, the grand slams on smaller chances, so, so I try to. <laughs> but uh, but afterwards, there are, there are more important elections to the European Parliament, uh, Polish Parliament, and we try to, to break. Of course, it's very difficult to have all the TV stations against you. <laughs> it, it, well, because you don't, um, they don't provide any context for what you say. There's, I, I saw this a, a number of times when you are offered a chance to speak uh, in various parliaments and so on. Uh, they would say, uh, you have one minute. Yes. One minute. <laughs> it's like saying to, to Plato, well, you can write the story of Socrates, but it has to be one page. And uh, uh, the Bible, you know, you have to fit it on the back of a postcard. And this shortness uh, benefits the sophists. It does not yes. benefit people with rational arguments. Yes, but but tomorrow I, I speak uh, for one minute in the European Parliament. It will be one but last <laughs> speech in the Parliament because after tomorrow I, I quit. But uh, I, I, I can I can say in one minute plenty. You can, you can say very simply. No, uh, Parkinson has said that everyone who was manipulating with the hand granada, which is unsafe, you know, that three seconds is a very great amount of time. Right. Well, I 
appreciate uh, you, you taking the time to explain some of the background behind what you're talking about. And for people who are upset, um, this is so strange to me that when you pr produce scientific evidence uh, for what it is that you have said, that uh, you are fined because you go against European values. I don't know if that means that European values are anti-science. Are they anti-math? Are they anti-empiricism? Are they anti-reason? Are they anti-logic? I mean, what, what, with the growing influence of women, I don't think that's a characterization that Europe really wants to have for anyone with rational eyes to see. Plenty of women in Poland who just love me. And I can tell you something. I can cite, uh, quote Mr. Uh, this late, uh, late Nicolas Davila, who said, I distrust every idea that doesn't seem obsolete and grotesque to my contemporaries. <laughs> the modern world seems invisible, like the extinct dinosaurs. You know, so. Well, um, I, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that you're bringing these um, arguments to the attention of people. It is, to me, anything which bothers the elites has value almost automatically. And I think people are kind of figuring this out now, at least a lot of people are, because everybody who's approved of by the elites seems to be leading the West off a cliff, and anybody who stands in the way is vilified. And that's, of course, how I heard about you. And when anybody is vilified, uh, perhaps even particularly by Piers Morgan, but when anybody is vilified, I'm like, oh, they must be sitting on something very important. Otherwise, they, you know, if you were approved of, then, uh, you know, you would have nothing of value to add. And mostly, uh, you'd be adding a negative. But when you are, and I think people are understanding now, it's sort of like, uh, this is an old analogy, but a long time ago, before cell phones and so on, you would originally print a negative of your picture. And if you were really skilled, you would be able to see the final picture just by looking at the negative. In your mind, you would put the colors exactly. in and change. And it's sort of like the media has become this negative now uh, in that what the final picture is in terms of truth is the opposite of what the media says. And I don't think they've quite figured out that they have become an advertisement for truth based on who they attack. And when you're on the receiving end of the attack, it feels like a negative. But for a lot of people, it's the sort of smoke that gets kicked up, which is how they find you. During the communist time, there were men who were thinking, "Oh, if communists call something wrong, it must be, it must be, it must be good." There was five of them. <laughs> you know, it is very rare uh, to be courage enough to, to to be opposite to all this to all this system. But I can I can tell you uh, something very very important because uh, why this, 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 the evolution is going going this way as it is going now. And Isaac Asimov, in his best novel, The End of Eternity, had said, any system which allows men to choose their own future will end by choosing safety and mediocrity. And in such a reality, the stars are out of reach. And that is answer to the question, why we don't have uh, signals from other stars? Because probably the society there has, has found the, the way to choose their own future, and they are extinct. Hmm. You know, you know, it is, we must uh, live at random. We cannot, we cannot with, with rationality because rationality kills, uh, kills, uh, kills, kills the real life. Hmm. We must uh, live uh, with risk, not safety. It is, uh, I was, uh, I was learned, uh, I was taught in the communist times that who doesn't risk, risk doesn't eat. But now in socialism, it is, uh, it is, uh, you must be safeguarded. You must be assured. You, you cannot risk. Hmm. This is something. Something. Oh, you must. Uh, if you if you would like to talk an, another time, uh, I, I would like to talk to you about the slavery state, which is now developing on our eyes. 
I am reading the book. On, I am uh, writing the book about it, and I am looking for the editor. Uh, it is a long. Um, there is a book of of, of the late uh, Hayek, Hayek, Frederick von Hayek, and uh, he said the the road to, to serfdom. And uh, my book is is uh, in in serfdom at last, <laughs> or something or something like that. Is, well, this uh, is, is well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there is, of course, as you know, the famous old saying that he who chooses security over liberty ends up with neither security nor liberty. But the problem is, once you have enough wealth, you can get two generations who have their security, and then the bill accrues to their children. And I think that fundamentally, it is a lack of love for children that is producing. Uh, we would never want to hand this kind of uh, system to our children, and we have not roused ourselves enough to fight back out of love for our children. And of course, a lot of Europeans are not having children, but we have not roused ourselves enough to say that we must hand to our children at least the freedoms that we ourselves received. In the same way, we must hand a reasonably clean environment, we must hand a reasonably clean political system to our children, and we seem to have completely forgotten that and used our children as collateral. It's their future taxes that allow us to run up this kind of debt or the assurance of those taxes. We are actually using them in the worst conceivable manner to exploit them under the guise of, of compassionate socialism, we're exploiting them in a way that would never be possible in a free market. You cannot take loans out in a free market against your children's future productivity. It is only socialism that allows for this kind of intergenerational vampiric predation. <laughs> okay. In the old times, it is the rich men which are usually spoiling, spoiling their children by giving them too much. But uh, there was very small number of, of very rich uh, Rich, rich families. Now, almost everybody is rich, and almost everybody is spoiling uh, his, 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 his children, uh, just giving, offering them too much. So we are being, we are degenerating very quickly, degenerating very quickly, and uh, well, the Muslim will, will, will come in, in Europe very quickly because uh, average uh, Muslim women have uh, five, six, uh, six children, and European has one, one or one, one and a half in, on average, maximum, maximum. So we, we shall have a, a normal monarchy. I mean, Sultanate or or Emirate or something like that, because uh, uh, monarchy is a normal state. Democracy is not a normal state of, of matters. So they will return, uh, attend the monarchy in Europe. We, we cannot do it. The Muslim will do it because because the natural system must return. Must return. The yeah, the superiority, the legal superiority of women. This this matriarchy of, of socialism is unsustainable demographically, and and one way or another, it's going to come to an end. We hope it to be more rational, but uh, as we say, we don't know. Well, I really, I do definitely, let's let's reschedule a talk about your book, uh, and I'd also like to talk more about the weird situation where the EU seems to be encouraging Poland to set up concentration camps for migrants. All of these are very <laughs> important issues. I really want to thank you for your time, uh, and of course, for the blunt truths that you are speaking uh, to power, and uh, we'll put the website uh, and Twitter below. I certainly wish you the best of luck in your upcoming uh, political uh, ambitions, and I would also say congratulations on escaping uh, the EU. Uh, it is like breaking out of a kind of soft, plush prison. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, take care. Thank you. Thank you.